The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Hey, thanks for joining us today as we continue our journey through the book of Philippians. We are getting very close to the end. However, we're going very slowly for these last few verses. Today, just as we did last week, one verse, Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. If you were with us last week, you heard the exhortation, the plea to rejoice in the Lord always. Not in your circumstances, but in the Lord, regardless of your circumstances. A very difficult appeal by Paul, who had figured out how to do that. But for all of us, we got to learn what that means. And I hope, I hope honestly, that if you have been journeying this week through that message, trying to learn what it means to rejoice in the Lord, that God is being gracious to you, that you are finding the truth that you need, that you are seeing victory after victory in doing so. And today, it's a little bit easier, but really it's kind of a tricky idea. In verse 5 of Philippians chapter 4, here's what Paul says. Another exhortation. He says this, Let your gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near. So that's our one verse for the day. Let your gentleness be evident to all mankind. The word evident is better translated known. Okay, so it's not just evident, it's known. Everyone knows that you are gentle. Why? Because the Lord is near, because he's called us to be gentle. So, th- so that's the appeal, that's the exhortation. Now the word gentleness, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because the Greek word can be translated so many different ways. And when this happens, I think it's important for us to see the multiple different ways that one word can be translated in hopes of putting together a succinct meaning. So depending on the version of the Bible, the translation of the Bible that you're reading, you might see different words like this. Let your patience be evident to all. Let your softness be evident to all. Let your patient mind, okay, the way you think through, let that be evident to all. Let your modesty, that's an interesting term, let it be evident to all, your forbearance, your forbearance, your patience, your dealing with struggles and trials, let that be evident to all. Your moderation, that's the King James Version. So there we have, don't be above or below, but be moderate in all your ways. Be even keel. Let your sweet and reasonableness be evident to all. Now, I don't know what version of the Bible you're reading, but the NIV just simply says, let your gentleness Be evident to all, be known to all. The word carries all of these other qualities though. It's a huge idea, it's a huge concept, and it's one that is central to our faith and to our life. Now, here's what I want us to start to think about. In application, okay? In application, what does it look like to be a gentle person? Well, I want you to think about that person Okay, that person who is even keel, who never gets too high, never gets too low. In every circumstance, you know what you're going to get. I personally love that characteristic in someone. I love that characteristic because it helps me trust that person. 
They're not gonna run off the cliff. They're not gonna be down in the pits. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of what's going on in their life, they are going to be looking at it. They're gonna be assessing it. They're going to be living life their normal way. And that way is beautiful and it's even and it's easy to understand. The people in your life that you know that are wired this way, that just kind of operate at a five. Those are the people that we enjoy being around because we know what we are going to get. And Paul says this, he goes, I want your gentleness. I want your moderation. I want your even keel spirit, your patience. I want it to be known to everyone. Why? Because in a world like we live in, one of the only ways that we are going to be able to live in such a manner is because of our faith and our trust in the Lord. What today brings, bring it on. I trust in the Lord. What tomorrow has, the Lord has that for me. I trust in him. I don't have to get all worked up because someone said something or this happened. I don't have to do that because I trust in the Lord. I think that's why Paul is saying this is so imperative that followers of Jesus live in such a way that their gentleness is known to everyone. This gentleness is described as a courtesy, a graciousness, which should be a, a characterization of all Christians. The term indicates a yielding of power. Okay, we all want to be in control. We all want to be in control of our lives and have the authority and the power. But when we yield that power, when we don't have to be in control, when we trust the Lord for something greater than ourselves, that's when this even keel temperament, that's when this gentleness starts to play out in our lives. It's the ability to give way to the wishes of others. If you don't get your way, are you gonna throw a fit? Or are you gonna be okay with it? Are you going to step in and go, hey, you have to listen to me? Or are you going to allow another voice to be the voice in the room? It's the poise of the soul which enables us to sacrifice our own rights, not because of necessity, not because we have to lay down in that situation, but out of generosity and sympathy. Hey, maybe it's time for someone else's voice to be heard. Maybe it's time for someone else's desires, wishes, dreams to come true. Maybe it's not all about me. Are you starting to see the bigger picture of what this gentleness is? Are you starting to see the beauty of what this gentleness can bring to an environment, to a community, to a group of people when we allow others to have their desires and their wishes ahead of our own? This gentleness is the opposite of stubbornness. Anyone ever been called hard-headed, stubborn, unwilling to yield, unwilling to move? If those terms have ever been thrown out regarding you, I get it. I, I've been called the same things. Someone who is gentle, someone who is patient, someone who is willing to yield, not because they have to, but because they want to. That is someone who reflects the heart of Christ, that is someone who reflects the trust that it takes to let down our guard. 
It's something that Paul says we all must show. It must be known. It's a gentleness of spirit that enables you to bear injuries and injustice with patience. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there who are going, hey, injustice, I can't deal with that. If someone wrongs me, they need to pay the price. I get it. Justice is a real thing. But we do not want the justice that we deserve from God. We truly do not want that justice. And so would it not be right for us who does not receive the justice due our sin and iniquity from the Lord? Would it not be right for us then to bear with the grievances of others, to be patient and kind and gentle? You're not just laying down. You're not just quitting. That's, that's not what you're doing, okay? It's not what you're doing. You are bearing the injustice. You're, you're taking it on because you want peace. You want unity. You want others to feel loved, known, heard, more so than you need to be loved and heard and known. It's humility. It's a huge piece of this puzzle and it does bring peace. Now, here's what I'm calling us to. Those who seek to be gentle, to let it be known that they are gentle because the Lord is near. Here's what you do. You just cool your jets. You cool your jets in every circumstance. When you feel yourself getting revved up, you pump the brakes. You slow down. You think. You listen. And you love. That is what the world needs now from Christians. I'm not going to say more than ever because that would be an untrue statement. But that is what the world needs now is believers who seek the peace of the Lord to understand that their voice is not the loudest one in the room. That injustice, while it is real and it may be levied against you, it is not your place to fight for your rights. Is your place to love, to listen, to be patient, and to live in such a way that this gentleness, this patience is known by all mankind. It's seen in you. It's seen in how you live. And this is the difficult part of Paul's plea. It's easy to be gentle with people who think like us, vote like us, respond like us, talk like us. And when I'm saying us, I'm not saying Christians, I'm saying you and me. It's very, very easy to be gentle with people that we are comfortable with. It is much, much harder to be considerate, kind, and gentle towards people who do not agree with us, who do not worship the same way that we do, who do not live the same way that we do, who do not love the same way that we do. It's difficult to have a spirit of gentleness towards these people. It's a hard task. It's a real test that the Lord is putting before all of us to display gentleness, reasonableness towards those who are absolutely different than us. Those who are unkind, those who are thankless, those who are wrongdoers. That's the test. 
Church, will you show gentleness towards people who are not kind to you? Hey, 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 you can't talk to me that way. You can't say that. You can't comment in that way. Pump the brakes. Slow down. Show some gentleness. Just because someone is unkind to you does not give you the right to be unkind to them. Those who are thankless, who don't seem to see how hard you're working, should you continue to love and care and nurture for them? Should you do that? Yes. But they don't seem to be respecting me. They don't seem to be understanding how hard I'm working. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Gentleness is a mindset because of the mercy that has been shown you. It's something that we must live out regardless of whether or not the persons or the people that we're trying to be gentle towards are mindful or even aware of what we're doing. And then the hardest group is the wrongdoer. Okay, now if, if we're the judge and we get to determine what's right and what's wrong, and most of us live in a world where we are that judge, right? That, that's, that's our ability. If we determine that what someone's doing is wrong, don't we, don't we have to speak up against what we see to be wrong? Well, I don't, I don't think we have to. It's not that we condone it. It's not that we allow it. It's not that we say it's okay but is it really the part of the Christian to say, you're wrong in what you do or what you think? Is that really the part of the Christian? No, Paul would say it's your role, it's your part to show gentleness and patience and kindness to that person. To those who've harmed you, offended you. Are you gentle? Are you compassionate? Or are you vindictive? My second internship, so this is when I was a little bit younger in ministry, but my second internship, I was 20 years old. There was a family in the children's ministry who just had it out for me. They, they really did. They, they didn't seem to like me at all. And they multiple times went to the senior pastor of the church that I was interning at. And they're like, I, I just don't know about Todd. I don't, I, you know, he, he did this and he did that. Most of the time, what they said I did was completely not true. And so I had it out for that family. I did not care for their responses. I didn't care for how they lived their life. I didn't care for how they raised their kids. But all of it was because of how they were attacking me. At the end of three months, sat down with that family to have a conversation simply to say, hey, what is the deal? And they laid out all of the grievances they had against me. Once again, many of which were untrue. But the problem was then the last three or four things they laid out were, you seem bitter towards us. You seem like you don't care about us. When I'm around you, you appear to be angry and hostile. Well, guess what? I was. I absolutely was all of those things. I, I, I had no argument back against their words because I was all of those things. 
It's hostile and angry and vindictive. Why? Well, you were bringing false charges against me. I need justice. I need everyone to know that that's not true. No, no, no. But it affected the way that I engaged them. It affected the way that I should have loved them and been patient and kind with them the way I should have been gentle towards them, regardless of their beliefs, their opinions about me. That's what Paul did. Remember last week when The accusers were trying to get Paul put in prison for longer, even killed by by preaching the gospel. And he goes, I rejoice in that. And how do you do that? Well, you know that by being gentle and kind to those who come against you, you ultimately are going to show them mercy. The same mercy that you hope to receive. I didn't show that family mercy. And they taught me a very valuable lesson. You can try to be justified in everything that you do. You can try to be right in everything that you do. There are going to be people who disagree with you. There are going to be people who think you're wrong. And that's okay. God calls his faithful children to be gentle. To be gentle with those who seek to harm you. To be gentle with those who think different than you who see the world in a different way, to be gentle with them because, because the Lord is near. Now, there's some other places in the New Testament that this word gentleness is used. And it describes a bunch of different types of people. First of all, it describes those who are wise. Do do you wish, do you wish to be wise in the Lord? Okay, well then in James chapter three, verse 17, it says this, the wisdom that comes from heaven, the wisdom of God, okay? The wisdom of God is first of all pure, okay? Then it's peace loving, it's considerate. There's the same Greek word as gentleness in Philippians four, five. It is gentle, it is submissive, it is full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial and it's sincere The Holy Spirit enables those who place their faith in the Lord to understand the need for a gentle life, an impartial life, treating all rivals and those who dispute you equally as those who agree with you. Loving them the same way. This is the gospel in action. This is Jesus equaling the playing field and leveling it out. Those who agree with you, think like you, pray like you, vote like you, they are the same as those who do not. That's what the gospel says. And we are to show consideration, gentleness to those people. It's Paul rejoicing, even though his life is being poured out as a drink offering by people who seek to destroy him. He rejoices in the opportunity to know and to love them. We're to be gentle to those who are in governing authorities. Titus chapter three, verses one and two. Remind the people, remind all the people to be subject to the rulers and the authorities. This is an election year. To be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one. Think about your last few posts to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, to always be gentle towards everyone. 
everyone, including those who do not believe and think like you. Now, we at Summit, we don't want to be political in any way, but I do want to throw this out there. Are you ruining your witness, your witness for the Lord in support of your political party? Now notice, I I didn't speak to any specific political party because this is not a political talk, but are you ruining your witness, your witness for Christ because of your endorsement of one party or another? I just want you to think about that. That's what Paul's saying is, hey, we need to be subject to our authorities because God is the one who put them in place. We need to be gentle towards everyone, even if you think your wisdom is greater than that of God. He puts his people in place. He's got this under control and we cannot worry about it. The final place that it's used is regarding elders, 1 Timothy 3, verse 3. So the, the spiritual shepherds, the spiritual leaders of the church, it says they cannot be given to drunkenness, they can't be violent, but they need to be gentle. They need to be gentle, not quarrelsome, not lovers of money. Elders are to be good shepherds, good examples. And along with all the other leaders of the church, one of the things the world is going to look at the most, the most, is how do you react to those who are different than you? How do you engage those who think, act, vote, pray differently than you? Paul's saying that a wise Christian is going to be gentle towards those people. Why? Why gentleness? Why is that such a huge appeal? Well, James gives us a little bit of clarity. He says this in James chapter 2, verse 13. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. When you fail to show mercy to someone who offends you, to someone who slanders you, to someone who thinks differently than you, when you fail to show mercy, God notices that. He sees that. And he realizes the problem with you. And that problem is you want to be judged in a different way than you are judging others. The measure by which you are judged is how God will judge you. Matthew chapter 7 verse 2 says this, for in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Those are some of the most scary words in the Bible to me. And I hope that as we finish today, those words echo in your mind. The way that you judge, the way that you chose to show mercy or not. Jesus says that that's how God's going to judge you. So here's my appeal, church. Show grace. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. The Lord is near. And that can be interpreted one of two ways. It can mean that the Lord's coming is near, his return, which that may be one. Or it could just simply mean that he's watching. Either way, he sees you. And there's going to come a day 
where you will stand before him. Each and every one of us will stand before him and give an account for our life. And today, as you look at your life, I want you to ask yourself, do I show the kind of mercy to those that I stand against that I want the Lord of the universe to show me? Do I show the kind of grace to people that are hard to show grace towards that I want God to show me on judgment day? Because the same way that you measure, the same way that you measure others, you will be measured. Does that mean we lay down and quit? Does that mean we don't stand up for what's right? Absolutely not. But it means that if we're wise, we will show gentleness, kindness, compassion, mercy. The same kind of gentleness, kindness, compassion, and mercy that we want to be shown by the Lord on that glorious day. And so for this week, when you get all fired up, when you go from a five to a 10 and you, and you just wanna say something, type something, re respond in some way, be gentle, be kind, pump the brakes, show mercy and love. And that will be evident, that will be seen by all and that will let all see Jesus. That's my hope. That's my prayer for us as a church, that we will step full heartedly into our communities and into the relationships that God has put in our lives, but we will do so with gentleness because that is how we want God to step into our life, gently, compassionately, kindly, and with great mercy. Father, help us know your love, know your kindness and your compassion. Help us show that to others. May we be gentle in our dealings with those who think differently, who act differently, who are hostile towards us. God, may we be gentle in our dealings because Lord, we desire for you to be gentle with us. You are so good. You are so kind. You are so merciful. We love you, God, and we need you. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.